cultivating humility, I think, is one of the key characteristics of a teacher, of a good teacher. This is Glenn Murphy with NC Sistema, and this is Sistema for Life. Howie, good morning. How are you? I'm good, Glenn. Uh, we just did a, a great workout, and I'm feeling much more limber and, uh, and at peace in the world. Yeah, grand. It helps to be in your beautiful property outside here in North Carolina. Just simply, we're broadcasting from outside this morning with the birds and the bees around us. So literally the birds and the bees. You keep bees in your backyard, right? So, right. <laughs> awesome. Bro. Well, thanks for having us, and thanks for being on once again. Um, so today I wanted to talk uh, a bit about uh, ego and pride and their relationship to how well we do in life and how well we do in training and how training might inform life in these ways and vice versa. We talk a lot about pride and ego and Sistema and it's, uh, it, and it's something that comes up repeatedly in, in a lot of the previous interviews with the kind of veteran instructors with Vladimir himself, with uh, Igor Ponozov with, uh, and recently with Sergei Makarenko. Whenever you ask what's a, you know, a problem that everybody seems to suffer from in Sistema uh, going forward and they're saying mostly it's pride people just being too much pride, too much ego, um, and that tends to get in the way, right, more than anything else. So I'd like to kind of address that if we can today and have a bit of a chat about it. Sounds good. Cool. So I grew up kind of uh, in a Catholic kind of primary school, and, and so my first associations with pride as a bad thing were just kind of the standard pride goeth before a fall and the general kind of thing that you shouldn't be too arrogant. Um, but other than that, it wasn't really kind of drilled in um, in the way that it seems to be in other traditions, like in Orthodox, um, Orthodox Christianity, where it's a really big deal, and the pride is, you know, a, a really big deal, um, or in kind of Buddhism and other sides as well, where pride and ego are associated with the self and too much selfishness and stuff like that. Um, so it was never really drilled into me in a big way. And when I first came to Sistema, this kind of whole idea of, of you too much pride or you know, pride is a bad thing. It, it, it kind of it hit me in a funny way. I wasn't sure how to take that because I'd had these mixed messages in the past, and some of which are that you should take pride in yourself and you should take pride in your work and pride in your achievements and stuff like that. And that certainly seems to be the overreaching message in America, um, that, that pride is a good thing, right? So how do we counterbalance that with like an excess of it in, the, in these old traditions? Yeah. Well, can we start with a definition? Because it seems like there's a difference between I'm proud of the work I just did and I'm walking around pridefully. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's kind of like trying to define tension or something like that. It's like you, there's a required amount of tension to be walking around and breathing and doing okay, um, and yet you can talk about having too much tension or an excess. And so I, I think probably, yeah, I'm not really qualified to espouse on a philosophical level what de what defines pride, um, it, it like flat out that way. Right? I mean, how would you talk about? It? Right. Well, I mean, that's what I was thinking about in terms of there's some some happy medium possibly, mm. or that there's good pride and bad pride, or or pride in certain contexts and not in others. Mm. So I mean, I remember a long time ago when I was sort of really messed up emotionally, and I was working with someone, and and I felt like I had no pride in anything about myself. Yeah. Like I just felt like a complete loser. Um, you know, that that was just sort of the the. The story of my life to myself at that point mm. and what this guy I was working with pointed out to me is that that's an extremely prideful position because I wasn't allowing myself to be human I felt I had to be like godlike mm. that I couldn't I you know the, the normal standards of human beings mm. by which I was doing fine didn't apply to me yeah and so that you know so it's like when you go to 
it's like a circle. Like when, it, it, when you go to zero pride or negative pride, it kind of comes back around. Yeah. Um, I'm also wondering whether it's a selection bias, that the type of people who come to train martial arts are the type of people for whom pride Might is, be a problem. is a problem, that you, you, mm. you, know, you, you need a certain amount of pride or healthy ego to begin the work of dismantling some of its uh, unnecessary scaffolding. Yeah, maybe, um, but, it, but it does seem to be fairly ubiquitous like the, in, the, in kind of old in ethical texts and in religious morality and stuff like that, that, that people are being um, you know, chastised all the time for having an excess of pride, regardless of whatever field they're in. Um, and there's an interesting thing if you look at it from a, I mean, I'm not deeply versed in ethics or deeply versed in, especially in religious ethics, but my background's more in science. And, and in science, there seems to have been this kind of whole movement for self-esteem in the 1960s and 70s. And people used to just talk about how the biggest problem with people is that they had low self-esteem and if they had more kind of belief in themselves and of which pride comes apart, right? Pride mm -hmm. in yourself and your achievements and what you can do, um, that everything would be better. And now it seems to be going entirely the other way. And the literature is just saying nobody really has a self-esteem problem. If anything, people have a chasing self-esteem problem and that pride and ego are, are more or less always a hindrance to anything that you're doing. They just become useless or bad emotions that drive you in, in directions that you don't want to go. Um, so th there seems to be kind of some, a, a bit of a, you know, well, a, so, a, a tension here like, between so, those two things. So may maybe the distinction is who's, who are you giving the credit to? Mm. Right, so, like I remember early in my days in Sistema, there, there was almost nothing I could do well, yeah. right, compared to the people around me. I'm just looking and seeing, mm. oh, they're doing that and I'm doing this. Mm. But there's this one, range of motion in which I've always been exquisite, like touching my elbows behind my back. Like I've okay. always, mm. and like we did something like that and all of a sudden I felt like, ah. Oh. You were fluffed up and you right. like, feel good about hey, yourself. You know, like check me out yeah. here. And of course there was, I didn't do anything to deserve that. I didn't work towards it. Yeah. I didn't apply any will. It was just, it's, it's the way my body was born. Mm. So to say like, I, to take pride in that, mm. if, I'm, if I'm being rational, yeah. is I have to give the credit to whoever or whatever made me right. as opposed to my own ability. And one of the things that I, I, I struggle with and really appreciate about the, the Russian Orthodox underpinnings of Sistema is, yeah. is that God is very present. Mm. And so Vladimir is, you know, whatever he can do mm. is dedicated to God, is mm. glory to God and whatever, yeah. you know, whatever skills he has been given mm. and whatever will he has been given to work those skills Mm. is not a reflection of him at all. Yeah, he's just like, kind of a conduit for... A conduit. Yeah. So that, like, maybe that's the distinction. Yeah, definitely. And, and that, in some ways, that seems to marry up with the, with the psychological or the, the neuroscience perspective, which is that you shouldn't be too attached to yourself and the gifts that you have as a person either, because probably you didn't do anything to earn those. They were either genetic, right, or, or they were environmental. There's somebody somewhere along the way taught them to you or you're part of your upbringing or something like that. So whatever your achievements are, you probably didn't achieve them alone either. They were probably a combination of happy accidents and genetics or happy accidents in people that you met or people that helped you and that you didn't do anything on your own. So even if you don't attribute all of your success to God, if you're a deeply religious person and that sort of stuff, you still can't attribute all of your success or arguably any of your success really to yourself whatever that means do, do you know what yeah. i mean so that that's i think where it comes in and that's where if we ask this question is there good pride and there and there's their bad pride it seems on the face of it as if all pride in some way or all ego is ultimately going to lead towards a, a, a bad place and if it doesn't if there's like little exceptions to that rule like if you're feeling 
like so worthless that somebody comes along and gives you a little bit of belief in yourself, then that little modicum of pride in yourself does some good for your mental health and helps you do other things, then probably that's the exception to the rule. And even that taken one or two steps further is going to do you damage in the long run. Right. Well, I think hmm. of it in terms of like the teams that I've been on that have been really good teams yeah. and how we support each other. Yeah. So I'm not taking pride in your ability. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with it. I'm delighted by it. And, you know, it's, it's like when, if, if I need to support you, I'm doing it as a friend. Yeah. It's almost like to, to develop that relationship with myself mm. is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm my own best cheerleader. I'm my friend. I'm the person who, who coaches myself, who gets me out of bed in the morning to douse when I really don't feel like it. Yeah. And when I've done it, I feel good. Mm. And there's, there's days in which there's pride in that. Like I kind of swagger back in, like, you know, I did this thing. Crushed it. Crushed yeah. it. Or, <laughs> yeah. or that I, you know, I think about all the people who didn't get up and do it this morning. Right. That makes you feel superior and better. Right? Yeah. 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 But that's, but that's ultimately like an icky residue. Yeah. Like yeah. There's, there's, there's something, you know, when I'm not attributing anything to myself, it's more correct. It's just mm. so, so it's, it's more alignment with, in alignment with truth, I think. Yeah, definitely. And there's, um, interestingly, in what, when, if you try and think about what the opposite to pride would be or what the antidote to pride would be, it would be either a reality check, right? Um, just a hard reality check. It's like, well, you believe yourself to be this, you believe yourself to have done that. And if somebody just comes along and shows you the facts in your face, like, no, you didn't, here's what you've done and here's what somebody else come along, then that reality check should be the antidote to pride or just pure humility, right? There's just the the personal understanding that you're not really responsible for all of these things and you probably shouldn't believe yourself to be, right? It, seemingly, some people are immune to that, our present, current president included. And, that kind of, and even if you show some people facts in their face, they'll still just hold on to that sense of self and their own achievements even more than the reality check. But for the rest of us, I think, seeking out, uh, trying to cultivate humility, which is an astonishingly difficult thing to do. It's not one of the hardest things uh, for me, at, at least, um, through training and in life generally, right? I, I don't think I'm an innately humble person. I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people are innately humble. Um, uh, some people you meet seem to be, and that yeah. kind of thing. But it doesn't seem like most people I meet are in, right. innately humble. And I put I put off a very humble affect. Yeah. And of course, it's a, you're good it's at doing humble. You're humbler than anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> humble the crap out of that. It's, it's like, <laughs> and and I can feel all the ways in which it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. Right. It's a. It's let me. Let me cut myself before you cut me. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, interesting. One of our um, one of our regular trainees and now he's an instructor, Brian Marco, um, kind of grew up in kind of what's probably best described as a religious sect, really. Um, and they were kind of obsessed with pride. And from when they were kids, they were kind of indoctrinated the whole time. Like, you can't have any pride, and that's prideful, and you can't take that guy's toy because that's a, that's a prideful thing. And it was, it was drilled into them to such an extent that they got kind of like a complex about it mm. um, as they were going on through. And, the, and he's one of the few people that I know that doesn't seem to... Uh, let go with like with, a, with an excess of pride, but he talks about how it became a competition among people in that group, right? It's just like, no, I'm prouder than you, I'm holier than you. Yeah. No, sorry, I'm humbler than you, therefore I'm holier than you. And it was, and that was waved as like a flag. And this kind of false humility, again, is like a it's a it's a pride problem and that kind of stuff, and it comes off. And I think Michael and Vladimir have talked about that as well in, in different ways. Well, and I think that, and I don't know if, we're, if you want to kind of dwell here, but. Cultivating humility, I think, is one of the key characteristics of a teacher, of a good teacher. Yeah. Because I've seen this in my own practice, teaching people basically how to how to be like me. Yeah. Right. Because that's what they want. Yeah. To um, to have like 
a lean body, to be healthy, to be following these dietary and lifestyle habits. Mm -hmm. And they perceive me as somehow superhuman, like I'm a different yeah. species. Mm. And I think there's there's some inevitability to like, you know, when I go and train with Vladimir, yeah. that there's that I'm going to put him on this pedestal. Sure. That, that it does me a lot of good to get me in front of him. But once I'm in front of him, the pedestal is only going to separate me. Because yeah. I don't see myself as the same, and therefore I don't see myself as capable of accomplishing what he's accomplished. And it's this this true humility that that um, that bridges that gap. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's um, I think there's a parallel between becoming a good teacher and remaining a good teacher. That's another thing, right? After you've it, let's say that you achieve some sort of expertise or you know ability, and then people start putting you on that pedestal, right? And sort of saying, oh, you're the teacher, you're great at this like staying there and and still not making it the me show right as i say hosting a, a, a systemic podcast you know, starring me and you and all that kind of stuff right it's it, it's a very very difficult thing there's, there's a book i read um a couple of years ago and i think you've read it as well is that ryan holiday book ego is the enemy and it's a really good book but at the time it i didn't like it something in it stabbed at me and maybe it went too close to home or maybe it's just because I'd read Obstacle as the Way, his other major title first. And I really liked that. I thought that was really straightforward. And the message bit with me straight away, this idea that if you come up against hardship and you allow obstacles to get in your way and not get over them, then you're, um, you're not only letting yourself down and setting yourself up for failure, but you're missing a, a key learning opportunity. And the obstacle isn't just something to be circumvented. It's something to be embraced because it means you're going to get better as you go around it. So very kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, nothing gets in my way, get to the chopper now, that, that whole thing, right? Um, so that was an easy one for somebody, uh, a male to accept like in this day and age. But the obstacle, the ego is the enemy, again, started to kind of stab me in that little place like, well, I'm, I'm allowed to have some pride. I'm allowed to have a little bit of ego. You know, that's fine. Um, and it also just seemed to be regurgitating some stuff that I've read from the Stoics and, and in kind of more modern trendy language. And it didn't re resonate right away. But having gone back and looked at it again briefly before thinking about talking about this subject, I realized that it was, um, it's actually quite simple and quite powerful. It doesn't ask you to be a Stoic. It doesn't ask you to have zero ego. It's just to understand that um, ego basically always leads to failure. It's, it's, uh, I think he describes it as ego seeks failure like true north. <laughs> like you're ultimately, if you, if you have too much ego, too much pride, it will always ultimately find its way to you. It will either stop you right at the outset of something by not letting you begin. Right? So many people don't even start things or they don't want to start training, for example, or they don't want to start trying to learn a new language, or they don't want to try and leave the job that they're in that they hate and start a new one because the idea that they might fail at it and then that will be shown, their failures will be shown to them is enough to hit them in the pride and then be like, no, no, no I'm safer staying where I am. And now I know I've got self-esteem here or whatever it is, right? So some people don't get started. Other people get started on the path and then they find it difficult because they're not as good at it as they want to be or expect to be in a short time. And you see this, again, we can talk about this in relation to training all too easily, but you see it in all kinds of other walks of life too. You know, somebody starts a new job path or career path um, and it's just not turning, it's not panning out to be what they wanted it to be. And I did this with writing books, funny enough. You know, my first book was a was a real bestseller unexpectedly. Did really, really well in like the kids' popular science market. Um, and then immediately the second book, I was like, oh, I'm going to write the book I always wanted to write and it's going to be so much better. And then when it didn't sell quite as well, I was kind of stung by the whole thing. I'm like, well, this whole book business is stupid. It can't be that I'm not that good at it and maybe that I was overestimating my achievement the first time around, right? It's just that the book business is stupid. Right? I, I told myself a different story. Um, and I realized now that was just a big mark of pride and a, a failing on my part. So it can stop you at the outset. It can stop you once you get started. And, and critically, 
one thing that he really talks about in the book is that it can stop you after you've succeeded. Right, so whenever you've arrived at the top of your company or you've become a teacher or you've become a martial arts instructor or something like that, um, that's when pride, even if you manage to kind of hold it down all the way along and train with an empty cup and be humble and all that kind of stuff, starts to rear its ugly head and you start to tell yourself a different narrative, like I deserve to be here, right? I'm entitled mm -hmm. to this position. Um, people should listen to what I say. I have earned the right to control and people should do things my way. Um, and then also not trusting other people to do things. Your, you know, and just being kind of paranoid, right? And we see all these markers and <laughs> prideful people that we can imagine and, and mention right away this way. Um, but I think it's a, that's a really interesting idea that ego should be, you should beware it, not because in some general sense it might lead to some kind of uh, sin or something in the, in the wider sense of things, but that it also just always inevitably leads to failure. So even if, you're, even if your goals are selfish, even if you just want to succeed and be good at stuff, uh, ego is the main thing that's in is, is the enemy of that as well and I think that's the main um, feeling with which he writes the book it's not like you should try to be uh, less prideful and have less ego to be a better person and to be benevolent and to do good in the world it's not really written with that theme it's more written with a film like you want to succeed then you have to get ego out of the game that kind of thing and, and I think whether or not you're looking at it from those two perspectives the the pride and the ego seem to be the the stumbling block so why not just try and address it you know whether you're trying to be a great person or whether you're just trying to be or a good person rather not even a great one <laughs> a good person or whether you're just trying to be good at something mm -hmm. well and there's a there's a luscious paradox in there right which is like if you want to succeed you have to get rid of ego yeah. which begs the question who's the you who wants to succeed and, and by what terms yeah so you know it's very often i can't remember where where I was just encountering this, but the idea that it's okay to start something for the wrong reasons. Mm. That we almost always start everything for the wrong reason. Yeah. Um, you know, so I want to be good at this. I want to be rich. I want to be adored. Yeah. And whatever the discipline is to, to succeed it, we're going to have to drop that like, a, like mm. the, the initial booster rockets yeah. uh, that have to get us out of gravity. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, it's at some point, like if I'm giving up, if I give up ego entirely in, in, in Eastern traditions, that's sort of like enlightenment or awakened. Yeah. That I'm one with everything, that the difference between me and you and the chair and the recorder is all illusory to some extent. Yeah. Um, then, then there's no me to succeed or not. Yeah. So why should you care and what's the motivation? Or, or yeah. well, people who, who claim to have attained that say it's not really a problem. It's just a problem for the ego because it can't imagine that there's a, a lack of motivation. It, it can't imagine that there's some other motivation other than ego. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That is a, that is a tricky one. <laughs> We've been hatted. That's awesome. <laughs> Great, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, that is a tough one. And it's one that I've bounced off a lot, actually, in training. And especially when you're told and you, and you understand that, you know, why do you want to be good at this drill or why do you want to get better? You know, it's, it's like your goal isn't to do that. Your goal is just to understand yourself. It's like, well, it's, in order to understand myself, surely I've got to do this right at some point or I've got to understand what's right and what's failing. And, and ultimately, I guess the answer is that you don't train to succeed. In some ways, you train to see your failings, right? You, you, you play the game in order to see where you're weak and you play the game in order to see where you're falling down. And it's that process of improvement that you're playing the game for. It's not in order to achieve anything in the game, I guess. Yeah, well, it's like yeah. eating, right? Like you mm. can eat the candy, which is which gives you the, the happiness right now. Yeah. Or you can eat the healthy food, which gives you a much more substantial, long-term, deeper happiness 
but you know, right now the the M and M's are definitely you know nicer than the broccoli. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. This isn't straight on um, And I guess it's pride is in that way we can kind of relate it back to our previous discussion on emotions, right? It's just one of those emotional drivers that that gets in the way and makes you make short-term decisions that probably aren't going to be great for you. Um, at the expense of long-term actions that might do better. In yeah, terms there's, of behavior. there's no dopamine hit in mm -hmm. sucking. Yeah, at failing at something. Yeah. Right, and so and so the, it also comes down to like the the part of me that I identify with. Like yeah. if I'm very tightly identified with the part of me that's behind my eyes, mm -hmm. then it's very it's impossible for me to imagine any other way to be. So the idea of giving up ego has to, has to mean death. Or mm. you know some sort of zombie-like state of of complete apathy. Yeah. Um, whereas like one of the systema exercises that you have us do a lot is to put our attention mm. and our our locus in some other part of our body besides right behind our eyes. Yeah. So that my consciousness can be in my toes, it can be in my belly, it can be in my pelvic floor, which yeah. I think is a, is a is a good sort of you know loosening exercise, like a good mobility exercise for ego. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and interestingly, one of the um, one of the solutions that Holiday, well, channeling the skeptics, I guess, um, offers to kind of finding yourself in these positions again and again and again, having too much pride is just to, to make that effort to get out of your head, to like spend less time thinking like you're the person that's going to solve this problem. You and you alone have the control, all those kinds of things, just to try and contextualize the whole situation and see yourself as one small part in it. And maybe you don't have as much control or power as you think. And, and to recognize that to say to yourself to stop right and recalibrate and say am i doing this because it's actually going towards my purpose something that i that not i really want because that's the wrong way to phrase it right because probably if it's something that you really want it might be pride that's driving or ego that's driving you towards that but if, if you are lucky enough to figure out what your purpose is and what it is that you work towards in life for example i mean let's make this concrete because otherwise we can woolly around and we sound like two uh, deck chair philosophers going for it the whole time right well what would you say to the point that you are, you understand it, how would you kind of talk about your purpose in life? What do you feel like your purpose is? Um, I feel like my purpose is to liberate myself so that I can help other people to liberate themselves yeah. from uh, from compulsive behaviors, so yeah. that, so they can they can live at, at ease and in harmony with the world. Nice. I like that. You should be a, yeah, a marketing guru or something. I should be an armchair philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, no, and that's, if, if you ask me to try and sum up what you're yeah. all about, I would have come up with something very, very similar to that, but just less eloquent <laughs> around the same lines. But yeah, it's kind of helping people to free themselves from compulsive eating habits or compulsive slobbing or whatever it's going to be, like things that just don't, aren't going to serve them in the long term. Yeah. What was the last time that you had to stop and say to yourself, why am I doing this? Is this, you were getting angry or you're getting frustrated. It might have been maybe you were replying to a, I don't know, a nutrition paper online that was saying that the paleo diet is the best thing for, for everybody or it might be something else. When did you find yourself angry or like inspired to do something and then you're like, wait a minute, is this really what I want to do? Yeah, well recently, you know, within the last couple of years, so I'd, I'd contributed to some scientific books. Yeah. And so I was, you know, up, I was armed yeah. to have arguments. And to to win arguments and to to scoff at other people's positions. Yeah. And I was getting pretty good at it, and I just I would go home and I wouldn't be happy. Yeah. Like it wasn't a it was it wasn't a pleasant feeling, and I didn't feel like I was myself, and I didn't feel like I was supporting that mission. 
Mm. I was, you know, and and so that became part of my training because I still feel the impulse. I still feel my gorge rise when I read something that annoys me yeah. or offends me. Mm. And so now, say, oh, okay. So like, first of all, this is science. We don't know anything. Yeah, 100%. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, you know, in 100 years, almost everything I say will, will sound ridiculous. Mm. And so what's, what's, the, what's the goal here? Yeah. What's you know back to my mission? Am I gonna am I gonna win any win over any hearts and minds? Yeah. By you know sub making somebody submit. Yeah. And the ans the answer is always no. It's just come come back. If you want people to liberate themselves, you have to give them the space to love themselves, and so you have to start first. Yeah. Yeah. Well put. Definitely. Yeah. But it can be so hard sometimes. I think to see that subtle difference between those two things. Like, am I doing this because of me, or am I doing it because of the purpose that I have, which serves some better goal and that kind of stuff, right? So on that one, you could have easily justified it and said, me shouting down this person, me flaming this person on the internet and showing their argument to be ridiculous and that, you know, it's spurious and it's based on no evidence and that kind of stuff, serves your greater purpose of informing people and getting them over compulsive behaviors. You could have justified to that yourself, to yourself in some way, right? Rather than kind of be like, wait a minute, this is actually more about me being right than yeah. it is about me following the mission or helping other people to follow the mission. So, so how do we recalibrate on demand like that and snap back into it, you think? I think it relates to training in that we become mm. sensitive to our bodies and what feels good and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, you know, when I'm doing my work, the work I should be doing, mm. I don't want to say it's effortless, but I'm swimming with the current. Yeah. So like we're outside here right now, you can hear birds, like there's a butterfly, swallowtail back there there's trees, like everything is just being exquisitely itself. Hmm. And as far as I know or believe, there's no pride involved yeah. anywhere. Nothing, nothing's efforting yeah. and, and nothing's trying to go against its nature. Yeah. And I think we can, we can Except that butterfly that. over there. He's a dick. I can, see, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, on you go. Well, we can, we can talk about the bees. Yeah. They're complete assholes. Yeah, bees are assholes. Everything else in nature is yeah. devoid of ego. Right. Yeah, sorry, on you go. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, that, that we can tell when we are fulfilling our purpose if we get quiet enough. Mm. So it's like we're trying to calibrate these microphones to the to the recorder. Yeah. If if we calibrate right, there's a place where there's no sound whatsoever, so we can then we can then tell what kind of what what's the signal and what's the noise. Yeah. And I think if we're constantly battling and fighting and we're constantly listening to the hum of ego, yeah. There's a very high noise ratio hmm. to to that signal and it can be very hard for us to parse it out. Yeah. So I guess it it comes back once again to Sistema being this physical testing ground for things that develop in emotional and psychological realms further out in life, right? We could we could test this stuff in the laboratory of like the business world and the corporate world. We can test it in the laboratory of our personal relationships, but it's easier to try and fail with friends in a Sistema setting, right? In a, in a, in a training hall than it is to try and fail with real relationships and try and fail with real, um, with real business uh, decisions and stuff like that you know it's it's so it's a nice way to kind of build those skills of yourself and then make them transferable and then take them out into your wider life uh, yeah, it's a, yeah it's a little bit like a flight simulator yeah right so if pilots had to <laughs> had to train in the in the actual airplanes yeah um which which they used to do before flight simulators were created yeah. Yeah. there's a lot more crashes yeah but yeah. now they can crash as much as they want and in, right. a, in a safe environment and they can they can iterate yeah um so you know so a physical 
place where you can train and you get very clear results. Yeah. Because there's nothing, there's, there's, there's nothing like that feeling of me trying to push you or strike you or resist and then not doing so well and then being told to try less hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And succeeding. Yeah. And that kind of mind-blowing feeling of, mm. oh, there's something, be, there, there's some force at work that doesn't get generated by my will. It's mm. way more effective than anything that I could generate. But it's, it's staggering how many times that can be held up in front of you, literally inches from your face over, the, over years and decades on end, and still have it not quite go through, right? And still have that ugly will and volition and pride just kind of surface and be like, no, I, I'm pretty sure I can make this stronger if I just add a bit more me to it, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's staggering. So I guess the answer to that is just complete, keep training, keep working the whole time, and, and don't be afraid of making mistakes and actively seek out places where you get stuck and stopped, right? And there's a, there's a drill that we got into a little while back where we would it was mostly we did it in the through working on the ground i think vladimir and constantine showed it some years ago in charlotte when they came to do a joint seminar and i really really liked it and ran it with my students a lot um which is try to get your opponent stuck right so whether you're rolling with them on the ground grappling keep going until you get to a point and one person should be kind of just defensive and not fighting like crazy so that the other person can just keep working and working and working and eventually they'll get them into a spot where they just can't escape right they've tried everything they normally do to get out of things i've learned from other martial arts or just their own sense of freedom um, of movement and they're just stuck right they're pinned their you know arms are both pinned behind their back and kneeling on their neck or something else is happening and once you get to that point people either tend to give up they have that kind of defeat reflex and they'll start to feel sorry for themselves and just kind of flop and and in some arts you're just allowed to tap at that point and the whole thing restarts and all that kind of stuff right or they'll get just abject rage and become kind of adrenalized and try and kind of bust themselves out of it and there's a very real risk if you do that if you're in a compromised position that you can hurt yourself as you do it you can snap something on the way out or um and in any case it it doesn't work too well right it's not like a, a sophisticated response to this problem so the goal of this drill is to get you completely stuck so you've tried everything all the force all the wit all the technique that you can come up with and then you're forced to be like what else have i got i've got nothing and you just have to quiet down breathe try and get your structure back and then see if you can feel an opportunity to move that suggests itself like another way that you could try and do something so at this point um because we could flounder on about this for ages and ages and there's been whole stoic traditions and philosophical traditions of people far more learned than us pontificating about pride and ego and their roles in life and things like that so we'll refer you to those if you want to know more but just from a practical standpoint um in in ego is the enemy holiday like offers a few kind of tips antidotes to to excessive pride like developing and getting in your way um in your daily life and so kind of I'd like to kind of close with those really and kind of reel those off and sort of see how much we agree with them um, and one is that uh, the cure to excessive pride is not trying harder it's humility and reality checks right? we talked about earlier on so just make an effort to try and cultivate humility and get people around you to, to check in with you right don't surround yourself with yes people or people that are going to fluff you up and um, try and get that you know 360 degree feedback you know try and ask people who are in charge of you people you're in charge of friends and colleagues and sometimes people that don't like you right like ask them what they think in in an effort to try and get some sort of balanced view on who you actually are and just make sure that you're not spinning yourself into a story of your own making um, Mm and that you're going as you go along so and and i think that's that's always going to be sage advice there's no downside to that right right i mean from the uh, management consulting world where i spent some time uh, with with our friend peter bregman yeah the the the, uh the motto was always you know feedback is the breakfast of champions yeah 
Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and relate, relating to that, actually, um, Holiday talks about it for, for people in management positions or if you're the boss or the CEO of a company or something, but I think this relates very much to systemic instructors. Or there are quite a few of those listening to this or people aspiring to be systemic instructors. And that's that um, if you find yourself getting defensive, if somebody challenges you on something, like, like, well, would that really work? Or, you know, why are you doing that? Or you're not that good at it or something like that, that to, to realize that defensiveness is the mark of the amateur and that professionals are never defensive because they see critical feedback as not only helpful, but like necessary. It's, it's something that you, you're actually actively enjoying the process of. It's like, oh, this is an ongoing process of me making myself better. So there's no reason to defend yourself because you want it. You want to turn yourself into a receiver. You don't want to be on transmit all the time. So say to yourself, if I'm going to be a professional, then I shouldn't be defensive. I just shouldn't, right? I should just try to, to, to work. And that actually goes for, if you're in training too, the same thing, if you're, if you're fighting, if you're, you know, doing free work and sparring and that kind of stuff and you just feel like the person that you're working with is beating you up or you're not feeling too good about it that you shouldn't get defensive and just fight back um, because that's the mark of insecurity that's the mark of you not seeking to learn that you should see even if you're being like owned and flattened and grappled and punched and all that kind of stuff you should try and see learning opportunities in that instance and be like well why am i being flattened why am i being this and maybe even ask the person who's beating you up <laughs> you know why is it that i'm not doing well here how do i suck you know like going this way and, and again embrace that and see what you can do with it and that's something our friend brian marco the egoless guy from the from the pride cult we were talking about uh -huh. is, is phenomenal at. he's like he's almost impossible to rile that way right he's, right. he's you know no matter how badly he's doing he just laughs and then starts to ask you pointed questions about how he sucks right it's very very <laughs> interesting but he, he learns faster than almost anybody i've seen for that reason yeah and there's um there's, 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 there's joy in that, hmm. um, in in not having to defend yourself. And I know that you know for for systema instructors, I'm imagining an occupational hazard is people who read about systema on the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all the things, all the silly things that are said about systema from a place of complete ignorance. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, the other thing I would say is that when you find yourself getting defensive or you find yourself having ego, hmm. is don't get upset about it. Hmm. Yeah. Right, it's, it's not like I have to take a hammer and smash it any more than, like I can't will away ego because yeah. the ego is the thing that's wielding the will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? So that to recognize that I have ego is actually this, the next step hmm. in humility. It's like, oh, look at me, human like everybody else, full, hmm. of, full of pride. Yeah. Um, and you know, here, here's a weakness hmm. and you know, thank you life or thank you grappling partner or thank you spouse or thank you boss or thank you you know puppy for <laughs> for pointing that out to me that there's yeah. that there's this you know that um one, one of the questions that we often asked when, when i was doing the management consulting we were doing like group exercises yeah and things would go wrong all mm. the time and yeah. um and we would and people would get very upset and so the, the, the winning question in that case was like, where else in your life does this happen? Mm. And the answer is always everywhere. Yeah. Right? If you, however you are under stress in systema training is yeah. how you are under stress everywhere. Yeah. And to, to, to have it ma manifested physically. So if you tell me that my shoulders are, are up around my ears when mm. I get overwhelmed, then physically and psychologically, that's what happens to me everywhere yeah. else. So, yeah. it's, so it's a gift to have it reflected back to me in a way that I can, I can take in and take action on. Beautiful. Well, that's definitely going to be the soundbite for this episode that I'm sticking up front. <laughs> Whatever happens to you in systema training happens everywhere. Yeah, and that um, actually relates to another 
um, kind of maxim that Holiday talks about in the book, which is failure. Like, don't worry about failure. Don't let failure be the end of things and the, and the permanent thing that ego wants to make it. Right? Mm -hmm. Ego wants to make your failures permanent because it's like, well, I'm not going to try that again because I failed the first time and it was so embarrassing and everything else that happens, right? To, um, whether it's, even if it's failing at having no ego right? <laughs> or failing at trying to curb your pride or whatever it's going to be, that if you fail, don't let pride stop you from getting back on the horse right away. You should be like, oh, yeah, I failed, totally, and then jump straight back on again as much as you can. If you don't do that, then we, you can't possibly learn from your mistakes, right? And you're, and you're basically constantly, you're going to fail and then never learn, which means you're going to fail more often. Right? ultimately, or you're going to fail permanently at the things that you want to make progress at in the long term. So if you want kind of ongoing development and continuous growth in that Japanese kind of style right, of that continuous evolution, um, then you have to commit to failure as a part of the process and, and not allow your ego at all to jump in after that happens. Right. I think yeah. it's useful to, to understand that ego, like the desire to eat M&Ms, mm -hmm. is, is inborn yeah. in us. Like it has an evolutionary purpose. Yeah. Right, so there's a uh, there's an evolutionary psychologist, Doug Lyle, who has a podcast called Beat Your Genes, and I'm not oh. totally on board with evolutionary psychology in terms of its answers, sure. but I love its questions. Mm. And so one of, one of the things is like if you're if you're walking around, you're a young male, and you come across like an injured buck, mm. and you slaughter it, and mm. you bring it back to your village, it's in your interest to lie to say that you killed it single-handedly. Mm. And at that point, you know, at that point, your, your status goes up. You're a great provider. You're better mate material. Yeah. And at that point, you're going to want to avoid going hunting ever again hmm. because you don't want to lose right. the illusion of superiority that you have um, cultivated by, by deceit. Yeah. And I feel like that happens to me a lot in training. Like, I'll do a good thing. And yeah. now I'm like, I want to defend this position hmm. because it's giving me status yeah. relative to other people. Yeah. And that's that's the the evolutionary impulse hmm. that I get to beat yeah. by, by choosing humility, which ultimately gives you a lot more status, yeah. right? The people who are truly humble hmm. and are truly given, giving hmm. in a lot of fields end up at the top. Right. And they're not unduly attached to their achievements. They see them in the context that got them there. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a key one. That's really big. And that one rears its ugly head with me all the time. I, you know, sometimes I can go up to HQ for a week of training or something. And, and I kind of resign myself for the first couple of days to being like, yeah, this, there's going to be a gap here. I haven't been up for a while and you know, everybody's fantastic. And it's going to take me a while to get up to speed and feel like I'm, I'm learning well and that kind of stuff. And so, and I've got better at it over time. I think I, I go in with this, like, right, empty the cup, everything's going to be difficult because, uh, you know, we're, shift we're moving on and we're going up a notch. Um, but there's al always a period where I find my groove, maybe like the second day or the third day, and I, and I start to feel competent and quite, for want of a better word, proud of myself. I'm doing okay, oh, I'm keeping pace here, I'm, I'm working with the big boys and we're doing good and that kind of stuff. And then somebody will kind of stab me or prod me in it um, by hmm. when we're doing a, a drill that I'm not so good at or don't understand so well or something like that and then I'll find myself kind of trying to hold my p position too much or in subtle ways changing the drill so that I can still do the thing that I kind of want to do uh -huh. instead of exploring the thing that I'm not quite so good at and so I feel that coming up in myself and that's a tendency I have to try and fight all the time I've, I've, you know especially when I'm working with people who are markedly better than me but it should be with everybody it should be with everybody at all levels I should have that empty cup thing all the time but it's but it's not as you say because what we tend to want to do is to try and push away the suffering that's brought on by our failures and our um, and our, our failure to achieve, and also to capitalize on our achievements and ascribe more to them than there actually is. So, so that's another big deal, I think, is this, however much you've actually done, however much you've achieved, or whether it's just two minutes ago, 
in the Sistema Hall or whether it's like in a big business meeting or you made partner in a business or whatever it's going to be, um, you should try and, this, and that's tough, is try and hold that in check, right? Try not to get too wrapped up in your achievements. We're, we're all, no, none of us want the surprise tax bill, but we're all willing to accept the big lottery win, like immediately <laughs> and that kind of stuff, right? And we should be a little bit suspicious of jumping at the lottery win and being really happy about it um, because usually that achievement isn't what you think it is. Somebody else helped you get there or it's temporary or it's not as big as you think it is. And, and if you ascribe that much to it, it's probably your ego that's doing that and it's gonna, it's gonna come crashing down at some point, right? right. And it's, so trying to hold those, those achievements in, in check is, is something that's really tough, but something that we have to try and do, I think. And I think it's extremely important for leaders, mm. whether a leader like you who has students that you're in a community that you're, you're bringing along yeah. or leaders in, a, uh, in an organizational sense, mm. because if you're the leader, you're gonna set the tone. Yeah. And if ego is the enemy and ego ultimately leads to failure mm. and you're modeling ego, then everybody under you is going to fail. Yeah. Right. But when you and if everyone under you is a normal human being, they have tons of ego and tons of defensiveness yeah. and tons of pride. And the the easiest way to, for you to undermine it as the leader mm. is to demonstrate a different behavior. Yeah. That that kind of disarms people. Yeah. And they say, oh, it's OK. It's safe to fail here. Mm. It's safe to be vulnerable. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I think on that note, I think we'll probably, yeah, we'll, we'll round it off. I think that's as good a note as any to pick it off. So thanks very much for inviting us to your lovely house and doing the outdoor podcast. We'll have to do this one again next time. Really yeah. Nice. Well, thanks, Howie. See you next time. All right. Bye, Glenn. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about training at NC Sistema, you can visit us online at www.ncsistema.com. If you'd like to find out more about Sistema classes and seminars worldwide, please visit www.russianmartialart.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can share it with your friends online, you can write a review on iTunes, or you can support us directly with a monthly contribution of $1, $5, whatever you can afford. To become a Sistema for Life patron, please visit www.patreon.com slash ncsistema. Any and all contributions are very much appreciated. They help us to keep the podcast going and to keep it advertising free. Many thanks, good health, and see you in training.